Darkness conceals, but light reveals. And it's amazing that just a pinhole of light is enough to cut through the darkness. I don't know about you, but I love, I love Christmas time. I love the Christmas lights. I love driving around town and driving around streets and seeing all the houses uh, lit up. And there are these illuminations everywhere which bring joy in the darkness of winter. Now, um, I've not been up to London yet this year. I am going this week, and I'm very excited. But if you have been up to London this year, you may have walked along uh, Oxford Street or Carnaby Street, and uh, it will have been impossible for you to miss the Christmas lights. Your eyes, your attention are drawn to the light. There is something about light which pulls us in. There is something about light which creates a sense of safety. There is something about light which is guiding. Now, um, when my boy Toby was small, which is a long time ago now, he is six foot three, far taller than me, he was scared of many things. And uh, he was scared of virtually every single film Disney had decided to put out there, apart from Cars and Lightning McQueen. Now, I'm going to give you just a few examples of what he would find scary. It's in the days where we were still putting DVDs in the DVD player. Finding Nemo. <laughs> scary. Fish got lost. Flushed away. Scary. Rat flushed down the toilet. Uh, what else did we have? Oh, Toy Story. Scary. Woody got lost. So you can see a bit of a pattern emerging here. Uh, he didn't like the idea of getting lost. And times have now changed where I'm actually more fearful of him when he goes out rather than him being fearful of stuff. He does frighten me. But bedtimes were always an ordeal in our house because he was so scared of the dark. He hated the darkness. And we would have to leave the landing light on, a little night light on in his room. And uh, there would be some nights where I would accidentally maybe just to save a little bit on my energy bills, I'd switch the landing light off, bad mistake, because he would wake up at silly o'clock at night screaming, and we'd have to run downstairs, calm him, soothe him, pop his little night light on, and then he would, he would calm. When the light was present, he felt safe. He felt secure. That tiny little bit of light made all the difference between fear and security. A little bit of light cuts through a whole lot of darkness. And in that opening video, right at the start of our service this morning, uh, we read that Bible passage from Isaiah, and it said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And this was a scripture that was written 700 years before Jesus was born, and it was the promise that a great light, a saviour, would come, who would lead us out of darkness. And for many of us, life can be dark. Maybe today that you are living in a dark season. Maybe 2023 has been a really difficult year in many ways. Maybe your relationships or your finances or your job or your health. And Christmas time seems to make everything just feel that little bit worse as it starkly brings into focus our dream of the way things ought to be with the reality of the way things are. But the truth 
of the great light is. The great light will always reveal to us that there is hope. And so today, no matter where you are, where you've been, what you are going through, or what's been done to you, there is hope because of the great light of Jesus Christ. Darkness conceals, but the light reveals. And so this prophecy is written. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And if you've ever experienced deep darkness, you've walked into a dark room, uh, what's the first thing you do? You, You switch the light on. You need light so you can see what you're doing, so you can move around. The light guides us, just like planes landing at Heathrow. They look for the lights of the runway, and then they can land safely. The light guides them home. And so in Isaiah here, these people, they're living in unsettled times, much like our world today. It's a mess, and this prophecy is given that says a light would come, a great light in the midst of the chaos and the confusion and the mess that they were experiencing, a great light in a time of great darkness. And the Father would send this light to show us, to guide us home. And the passage continues. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. A child is born, a son is given. And so what is the great light? The great light is a son is given. The great light is God in helpless baby. The the great light is a helpless baby who is the savior of the world. That great light is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Darkness conceals, but the light reveals. And this great light which would be given to us reveals three things. The first thing it reveals is who God is. And on that first Christmas night with Mary and Joseph in that farmyard barn, they placed this this incredible, unimaginable bundle of greatness into a manger, into a stable. They placed the Son of God, God himself, God who came to earth to be among us into a feeding trough. And the shepherds were told of his arrival and they ran to the barn and they worshipped him. And the Magi, three kings, they travelled over a thousand miles. They followed the light of the star, knowing a king was to be born, the Messiah, the Son of God, the great light revealed who God is. And if you want to know what God is like, you need to look no further than Jesus. And I wonder if you've ever asked yourself, how big is God? I can tell you, he's big. He's infinitely huge. He is beyond our understanding, beyond our comprehension. This is the God who said, let there be light, and there was light. This is the God who who threw stars into space. 
He is very, very big, and we are very, very small. And in Jesus, we find the infinitely huge, beyond our understanding, wrapped up in a baby, in a person. Jesus is God made flesh, God incarnate, or as we sang in one of our carols earlier, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased with us in flesh to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel, God with us. And so if you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus, because he is God. And the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they tell us uh, the stories of Jesus, like the biographies of Jesus. They tell us the stories of God in flesh, hanging out with people just like you and me. And maybe there's some of us here today, we may think, well, I'm not sure he'd want to hang out with me. Well, you're in good company. He was known as the friend of sinners. And so if you've ever sinned, you're, you're in good company. And I know I've sinned, and I know that he wants to hang out with me. He wants to hang out with you and be your friend. He spent time with the people nobody wanted to spend time with. He showed love and compassion to the, to the people in the world that least likely would receive love and compassion. But he loved them. He healed the sick. He cleansed the untouchables, the people on the margins. He was the friend of sinners. And so there is an invitation through the great light of the person of Jesus Christ inviting you into relationship with him. The great light reveals who God is. And um, Jesus hung out with everyone. He hung out with the non-religious and he hung out with the religious. And there was this one time in John chapter three when a man named Nicodemus came to Jesus at night confused with questions. Now Nicodemus was a religious leader at the time and Jesus is talking to him about being the great light, and he says to Nicodemus, I am the light of the world. But Jesus also said to him this, but men love darkness. They hate the light. Why do they hate the light? Because the light exposes. The light exposes our mess. Light exposes the things that we might not want others to see. Years ago, when I was 18, um, I spent a summer in Canada with some friends that I knew out there, and uh, they ended up asking me if I would help them take a whole bunch of kids camping. Now, not a great camper myself, but these kids were worse campers than I was, and uh, you could tell as soon as we arrived, they had obviously never, ever camped before in their lives, and we had to help them put up their tents and whatever, but we had a great time, and uh, we, we, we sat around the campfire, we played games, we ate hot dogs, we toasted marshmallows, we ate s'mores with chocolate, we sang camp songs. We had a brilliant time. It was a lot of fun. And these kids ate far too many sweets, far more than is healthy. And uh, as the night drew in, as darkness fell, it became dark very, very quickly. And the only light that we had was from the light of the campfire. And so the kids all headed off to their tents uh, for bed. At three in the morning, I heard this terrible screaming and shouting from a nearby tent. 
And I thought, here I am in the middle of a Canadian forest. The only thing it could be is a grizzly bear has got them. And so, brave as I was, I grabbed my torch and headed out to wrestle the bear. Um, but as I drew closer to this tent, I realized no bear. I could smell something from this tent, which was rather unpleasant. And uh, it didn't take Sherlock Holmes to detect what had happened, that that unhealthy consumption of sweets, s'mores, marshmallows, chocolate, hot dogs had made a very unfortunate reappearance in that tent. <laughs> and so in the darkness, in the chaos, in the stench of the night, I turned on my torch and I shone it through the door of the tent. And I can tell you, what stared back at me was not pretty. Three illuminated faces peered back at me in the dark, two of which their heads and hair were covered. I say no more. I say no more. You get the picture. It was nasty. And then I shone the light around the tent, and it was worse. It was horrific. These poor two boys had been fast asleep dreaming about their lovely time, first time camping, you know, just sleeping away. And then their tent campmate decides that, well, he didn't decide. I think he just had a... And uh, they were covered. It was the, one of the most horrendous situations I've ever had to deal with, particularly in the darkness of night. But you get the, you get the image here. The light revealed the mess of the situation. Darkness conceals, but the light reveals. The great light reveals the darkness in us. And darkness is best defined as the absence of light. And in the Bible, light is mentioned over 200 times as a metaphor to describe the absence of God, darkness. And until we grasp the extent of the darkness in our world, we're not going to fully appreciate the light of Christmas. And just like our eyes have the ability to adjust to a certain amount of darkness, we can, without realizing it, get used to a certain amount of spiritual darkness in our world. We just adjust to it over time. We listen to the news reports, and we become numb to what we hear. The wars, the poverty, the migrants crossing the channel, the dysfunction in our politics. And we get used to the darkness, and we stop noticing the darkness. And maybe we, one of the reasons we stop noticing the darkness is that some of that darkness is inside of us. In some ways, we are part of the darkness. And if I'm honest, sometimes I'm shocked that I can sometimes be part of the darkness. The darkness maybe in me when I don't get the way the things the way I want. Maybe uh, when someone treats me unfairly or when somebody cuts me up on the A41 by the Asda roundabout. <laughs> There's a lot of darkness comes out at that point in me, I can tell you. Maybe the darkness in you sometimes shocks you as well. But the power of Christmas is that Jesus came to us in the midst of the darkness. Jesus is 
the light of the world. In the middle of tension, in the heaviness, the weariness, the pain, the loss, the death, the sickness, the sin, the light of God broke through all of that. And we see in the Christmas story three reactions to that light. Firstly, Herod, King Herod, he was, he was threatened by the light. He saw that an, the, the emerging popularity of Jesus being a threat to his power. So he issues an edict to have all boys who are under two killed. That night must have been horrendous. Herod knew that Jesus was to be king, and so his response to the light was to power up, was to overcome, was to stamp out the light. He feared the light. And then there were the religious leaders, and they had another response. They ignored the light, which in some ways is ironic because they had done their studies. And if anyone should have known, if anyone should have caught on that Jesus was the coming Messiah, they should have known. They knew that a king was to be born. They knew he was coming. So why didn't they search for this king when they saw this miraculous star shining above the town of Bethlehem? But they were comfortable. They had become complacent and apathetic. They didn't feel they needed a light. And so they ignored it. And then there was Mary. Mary. And we're told that Mary believed God's presence and promise of a coming saviour. And she treasured those words in her heart and pondered them. Mary, she received the light. She received the light. And in this dark world, Jesus invites you to receive the light of himself, to be transformed by that light from the inside out. In John chapter 8, Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And the Greek translation for will have the light of light literally translates to will behold, or will become, or will be transformed by the light. The great light who reveals who God is which reveals the darkness in us, reveals that God loves the real you. The great light reveals that God loves us. And the message of Christmas tells us that we cannot work our way to God. The light does not come from within us. The light dawns and shines upon us. The light dawns and shines upon us. We cannot make our way to God by ourselves. Religion, by definition, is about earning. But when God sent a great light, he didn't send more rules for us to follow. He sent a person, an invitation. And that invitation is to a relationship. A son is given. In John 3... 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. For God so loved you that he gave. And the question for us is, will we receive this gift? Will we receive this son? Will you receive this son? 
God knows the real you. God loves the real you with all of your imperfections, with all of your mess. He knows mess. He identifies with mess. He was born in a stable. He knows mess. He knew struggles in life. He was despised and rejected by men. God knows. A son is given. Darkness conceals, but the light reveals. And later, Jesus told his followers this, and we heard it uh, at the beginning. Manny read that passage amazingly on the video, and he said this, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. When we receive the light, when we receive the light of Jesus, we are not only transformed by the light of Jesus, but we start to embody the light of Jesus to the world that we live in. You are the light of the world. And when we receive this light, we go out into the world and we drive out some of the darkness, some of the fear, some of the hopelessness, some of the injustice. And we drive out the darkness by praying, by listening, by serving, by showing God's love in practical ways, but ultimately by telling others about the light of the world, the good news of Jesus himself. O come, O bright and morning star, and bring us comfort from afar. Dispel the shadows of the night and turn our darkness into light. Yes. 
was beautiful. Darkness conceals, but the light reveals. And maybe you're here today and you've never met this Jesus who we're talking about, the light of the world. Maybe you feared the light because of what it might illuminate. Maybe for some of us, Life's just been busy and we've inadvertently not seen the light. Maybe for some of us, you can feel that like this hope is dawning and the light is beginning to shine again. And there is an invitation today, just like Mary, to receive the light. She received the light. The presence of Jesus, his spirit is among us and he wants to meet with you. And in this dark world, Jesus invites you to receive the light of himself and to be transformed by that light from the inside out. Amen. <laughs>